Hello, and welcome to Crownsman Energy. I am your host, Chad Carrier. Coming up on today's show, we have Chelsea O'Connor from SFC Energy. She is a business development manager from SFC, and Chelsea was on the show back in February of this year talking about its off-grid power solutions. So we're really excited to have Chelsea back on the show to talk about some new developments with the company, in particular on the clean technology side of things. So I think we're going to have a really interesting show, a lot to talk about for sure. But before we do that, let's bring in Gaudi Molina to introduce our sponsors for today's episode. Okay, first up, we have question of the week. Today's question of the week is answered by Tyson Krupp. Tyson Krupp Industrial Solutions Mining Technologies Division is the market leader in heavy mining equipment for continuous operations from pit to port. This includes crushing and grinding, conveying, as well as materials handling for stockyards and ports. And I am happy to welcome Stefan Ebert, head of the product line revamps of Tyson Krupp's mining business. And today's question is, what recent innovations in crushing and grinding would you assess as most valuable for the North American market? Addressing the demand for sustainable and efficient solutions, highest potentials lie in a deep dive into the grinding circuits. Energy consumption within grinding represents the major lever. The innovation which currently excites me day in day out is our new HPTR Pro development, especially in greenfield projects, but also as a consideration to replace existing segments our HPGR Pro is highly digitized, which leads to optimal utilization and availability. And in addition, we achieve a much longer lifetime for our components, while there is a massive savings potential of up to 28 kilotons carbon emissions per year in comparison to conventional segments. Next up, we also have Holly Frontier Lubricants and Specialties, which includes the PetroCanada Lubricants brand. PetroCanada Lubricants products and services are proven to maximize equipment performance, productivity, and overall savings. From heavy-duty engine oils to hydraulic fluids, automatic transmission fluids, and gear oils and greasers, PetroCanada Lubricants is committed to delivering innovative solutions that deliver value and keep businesses moving. They have dedicated and technical expertise, knowledge, and know how to help customers in the mining industry to operate smoothly with improved equipment, liability, and performance. Learn more at lubricants.petro-canada.com or contact them at 1-866-335-3369 to arrange a call with, with one of their technical experts. Next up, we also have Savina Equipment. Are you working on pipelines, oil and gas projects, renewable energy, or LNG and need to save some cash? Well, Savina Equipment has industrial pumps, electrical equipment from motors to transformers, and even surplus pipe and much, much more available now. You can visit them at SavinaEquipment.com where you will find more equipment every day. Next up, we also have a solar set. Introducing the Solar Set Fold, the new foldable frame solar system brings power to your residential and commercial property and can be shipped worldwide. Like all Solar Set products, the Solar Set Fold comes turnkey, pre-assembled, and is easily transported and installed. To learn more, you can visit them at solarset.com. Next up, we also, also have EnerClear Services. Have an existing pipeline that needs rehabilitation? Consider the EnerClear Advantage. EnerClear Services Institute Innovation can completely clean and coat existing pipelines all out in the field. Utilizing its innovative cleaning and coating system, EnerClear can rehabilitate, recycle, and redeploy existing pipeline assets to extend the life cycle significantly. A uniform coating is applied to pipelines three inches and up. Long distances, bends, and welds will be cleaned and coated with less environmental impact. 
And of course, flow efficiencies will lower the CO2 footprint via less energy expenditure. You can visit welovepipelines.com or email ccarrier at enterclearservices.com to learn more. And last but not least, we've got AutoSoul. AutoSoul solves the challenges of securely collecting and sharing data at scale for industrial SCADA automation in environments. Whether your data is on the edge, on your server, or in the cloud, AutoSoul can handle it. Regardless of the protocol, device, communication method, legacy asset, or HMI requirement, AutoSoul tailors their historical real-time and edge-pulling engines to suit your needs. Their proven platform sets the standard for data delivery with ultra-reliable access to isolated field services. Visit autosolen.com for more information. You can also check out their interview on Crownsman Energy. That's episode 30 of Crownsman Energy. Okay, Chelsea, let's welcome you back onto the show. Thank you so much for coming back and, and joining us in Crownsman Energy. Hi, Chad. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Hey, we're really happy to have you back. Uh, a lot has happened, I know, with, with yourself, uh, with SFC Energy over, I guess, the past you know seven, eight months or so. So before we get into some of the, uh, the new developments, and I know they're, they're really exciting with respect to, to hydrogen and clean technology, but before we do that, why don't you, um, you know, why don't you just provide our listeners with a quick recap of SFC Energy and the solutions that are offered by, by your company? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the simplest way for me to put it is I basically help uh, the industrial market segment transition away from emission producing power solutions and over to clean technology uh, using fuel cells as the core of our power generation. Great. Okay. So using fuel cells as part of the power generation. Now, what does what does that exactly mean? I know you've previously explained these eFOI systems as smart battery chargers. Can you expand on this just to give us some additional context? Yeah, absolutely. So since we uh, spoke last time, uh, we offer two different types of fuel cell technologies right now. One being eFOI methanol, which is what I would have uh, chatted about more in February when we did the original podcast, and then same with the hydrogen fuel cell. Um, but really what we're doing here is we're just creating power through chemical reaction. So regardless of what type of fuel cell, whether it's methanol or, or hydrogen, um, what we're doing is we're just generating power for off-grid applications where grid power is either inaccessible um, or too costly to transform. So, and I do always say that fuel cells are essentially smart battery chargers because really what the fuel cell is doing is it's monitoring the state of charge on a battery bank at all times, and it's automatically turning itself off and on based on battery voltage. So it truly is a smart battery charger. Well, I, I love that analogy. And before we get into some of the new developments and some of the new uh, offerings that, that SFC has, um, I think it's important just for, for myself, for sure, and for our listeners to, to help understand, you know, what industries does SFC serve uh, and how do they vary? Sure. So that's a great question. Um, I would say that we've got two different types of products. One is, is intended to be used by the industrial marketplace, um, but then we also have a consumer line. So when we look at the consumer line, that's where we're providing fuel cell technology to back up RVs and boats um, for more leisure type activities. And then when we get into the industrial product line, that's really where we're going to be providing off-grid power solutions to the oil and gas industry, um, mining segments, telecommunication applications, environmental monitoring, um, and security and surveillance is going to be probably our fastest growing market segment. So it's really wherever you require a power solution where grid is not available, or you're just looking to generate a small amount of power where maybe solar might not be as reliable on its own. So you need that added um, 
a redundancy with an, an alternative power source to back it up. Okay. Okay. So I'm curious, just in terms of the units themselves, um, and I know it's a bit, a bit of a tangent here, but how do uh, how do they how do they work? You know, in, in terms of let's say an oil and gas site, we need we need some power out there. Um, what would be the steps? How would these these systems work? That's a good question. So the first thing that we're going to ask you is what's the application and how much power do you need? Okay. So let's just say it's a well pad, for example. Uh, we know that you're going to have devices that are going to be running continuously, and then you might have some devices like a radio that's going to be pulling in frequently that also draws a bit of power. So what we do is we map out a power profile where I need to understand what your average power demand is. And then from there, that's when we would size an appropriate solution. So typically we try to design all of our packages as, as a hybrid. So you'll have a solar as, as your primary source of power. Um, your solar is going to be integrated into a battery bank where you're going to have the fuel cell technology monitoring the state of charge in the batteries at all times. When solar can't keep up with your demand, typically that's going to happen in winter months for our Canadian users. Um, could happen quite a bit during forest fire season if we've got some cloud cover and, and those solar panels can't actually produce uh, power to put back into the batteries. Um, what you're going to see is the fuel cells automatically going to turn on and it's basically just going to provide continuous power for that application. So a lot of our oil and gas users that use this technology, it could be anywhere as little as 45 watts continuous and as large as 2.5 kilowatts. Um, so it really just depends on, on what we're powering, how big the pad is um, and what your goals are for your power solution. Okay, so different size units to serve different size energy needs. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, oh. it's when you go into off-grid power, um, every watt comes at a price and it's not one size fits all. Right. Okay. So then again, like you said, it's that, that smart battery, that smart fail safe solution to ensure that your power needs are never getting interrupted. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, all of our clients want is reliable, continuous power. How we do that is where we kind of get into the, the design and the engineering side of things. Um, but it's important for our clients to make sure that they've got redundancy and reliability because these are critical loads. Okay. So you mentioned, Chelsea, that you, know, you, you can serve pretty much any market that requires power needs. Is there any, any target markets that SFC is looking to expand upon or, or delve further into? Yeah, I mean, I would say that our two fastest growing market segments right now is going to be the mining industry, um, okay. same with security and surveillance. So just getting into security and surveillance, um, there's a need for mobile trailers, depending on whether it's going to be parking lot security or it's going to be more industrial at, let's say, a well site or, or a mine gate. Um, but really what we're doing is we're taking the technology and we're integrating it into a mobile platform um, so that you're not relying 100% on solar or you're not relying on a gen set to back this up. Um, that's where I would say in the U.S. over the past couple of months, we've seen the technology kind of take off. Um, and, and we're seeing that as one of our largest growing market segments. Um, and then when we get into the mining industry, uh, all of the mining companies are on, on have lofty goals to get towards net zero carbon emissions. And how do you do that? Um, it's easier to kind of put it on paper and say, this is our goal, but how do we actually achieve that? Um, and so for us at SFC, what we've been doing is we've been displacing diesel generators um, on mobile applications for open pit mines um, or telecommunication applications. So it, it, I would say, just going back to your question, the two market segments that we're looking to expand in is to just see the continued growth in the mining segment, because I think we're just starting to scratch the surface. Um, and same with security and surveillance as well. 
That's that I, I love that. It's it's so fascinating that you know security and surveillance, uh, oil and gas, mining, really any type of application, your your systems, your units can fit into. Um, wh- one thing that you mentioned earlier that that caught my ear, and I know is is an exciting development uh, for for your company. But you mentioned that that goal of achieving net zero. That's something you know. I think yourself, uh, all our listeners, myself, you know, we've been hearing that that phrase, you know, net zero in Canada has, you know, has committed to some lofty goals of achieving a net zero emissions by 2050, I believe. So with respect to SFC, um, talk to me a little bit about some exciting developments around that clean technology space. Yeah. So I would say when you look at achieving these net zero carbon emissions, you need to take an inventory of what you're doing at these sites that's actually contributing to your carbon footprint. Um, so whether that's using diesel generators to produce power, that's an area where I can come in um, and I can give you a hybrid fuel cell solution that's going to eliminate the use of diesel. And whether it's hydrogen fuel cell or if it's a methanol fuel cell, uh, you've either eliminated all of your CO2 footprint uh, or you've drastically reduced it. Um, so we're, essentially what we're doing is, is we're helping clients achieve these goals, but then by doing that, uh, we're also letting them get away from carbon taxes, uh, diesel taxes, and it's helping them become a more attractive uh, business for investment because they are actioning on um, these net uh, zero emission goals. And, and that's so important because for, for yourself, for all of us in the energy industry, we all want to be part of the solution, right? Like we all want to help move the industry towards, you know, doing things more sustainably, more efficiently, um, helping achieve these, these targets, because I think it's all in our best interests. Um, Chelsea, can you elaborate on, you know, the, the hydrogen fuel cell technology and how, you know, how does, how does the system work? How does it produce its power? Um, so the hydrogen fuel cell, how it produces power is through a chemical reaction. So energy input is going to be oxygen and hydrogen. Um, It's going through a platinum catalyst that's basically separating anodes from cathodes. And from that, you're going to get uh, DC power. You're going to get waste heat and a small amount of water vapor. So it really is one of the cleanest ways of producing power. Okay, (laughs) great. That was a great, great explanation. As as you say that, I'm, I'm, you know, my my mind's turning in in, in how it works and how this, you know, would be applicable for clients. And this, and forgive me, Chelsea, this may be, um, you know, it may not be the best question, but where, where can the clients get the hydrogen from? So that's a really good question. I would say that depending on where you are in the world, there's different countries that are further along with their hydrogen strategy. Um, so for us in North America, I would say that we're a couple steps behind European uh, markets where hydrogen is readily available and often being produced on site. Uh, so for the clients that are looking to install the hydrogen fuel cell today, Chances are you're going to have to work with an industrial gas provider like Lind or an Air Liquide to get bottled hydrogen to bring into your application, whether that's a bulk tube truck uh, or cylinders. Um, But as uh, kind of the hydrogen strategy in Canada starts to evolve, we're going to start seeing industries producing hydrogen on site where we will be able to use that, that hydrogen that's being produced to create power. Well, and that's, it, it's a good point, Chelsea, because I think for, for us in Canada, it's not if, it's when, uh, when we can get that hydrogen network up and running. And just, just to provide uh, all of us listening here a little bit more context on SFC, um, the, you know, the company in Canada and, and your roots in, in Germany, as you mentioned, because when it comes to hydrogen, uh, you know, the, the German market is quite a bit further ahead in terms of what they're doing uh, with respect to the hydrogen mix there. So can you give us just a little background and context on 
on SFC's journey um, and, and your expertise that you can pull into Canada from Germany? Absolutely. Uh, so the technology itself has been around for about 180 years when you think about hydrogen fuel cells. Wow. Uh, so anybody that's kind of played in the fuel cell space, um, they've been waiting for this to become a viable option. For us at SFC Energy, we've been around for about 20 years now. We're one of the only profitable fuel cell companies in the world. Um, our installation base is around 50,000 units globally. Uh, most of that is going to be with our methanol fuel cell. Um, once we acquired the hydrogen technology, we put out about a thousand systems across Europe, primarily in the telecommunication space. So we're either acting as a UPS where we're backing up critical infrastructure in the event of a grid failure, or we're providing full primary power for maybe a telecom tower um, that is going to be in the middle of nowhere where grid is, is not an option. So you're either using us for primary or backup. Okay. And either way, you've got the, whether it's the methanol or the hydrogen, you have the expertise and the know-how to, you know, the track record really to put this into action for, for your clients. Is this, Absolutely. is this Chelsea, you know, so if I say I'm, I'm, I'm one of your, your clients or prospective clients, and I, I order one of these systems, you know, you guys come out and it's, uh, you're offering me this, this off-grid power solution. Is this a turnkey solution for, for clients? Um, you know, I guess, how can, how can clients monitor their power generation needs throughout the year or what, what, what goes into, uh, into the systems uh, monitoring throughout the year? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I think just to, for me to provide some context, I should give you an idea of the different power levels that we play into. Sure, so across both fuel cells, we can do as little as 45 watts of continuous power. Um, and then with the methanol-based fuel cell, uh, we can scale up to about 2.5 kilowatts. We hand it over to our hydrogen fuel cell at 2.5 kilowatts because each fuel cell module will produce 2.5. And then again, we can scale up to 50 kilowatts. So depending on what type of fuel cell and how you're using it, there's different ways that you would incorporate this technology into either a turnkey drop deployable containerized solution that you're just gonna plug and play. Um, or you might just be buying subcomponents, integrating it into your own type of package. Um, so it really just kind of depends um, whether you're an end user or if you're you're looking more for a tier one or a tier two OEM type supplier. Um, but with the hydrogen fuel cell, I can give you a full turnkey containerized system or I can just give you the fuel cell modules um, as well. So again, it, it kind of just depends on the application. And that's where it gets really fun and, and unique because every off-grid power requirement does have its own level of uniqueness to it. And always changing, right? Always, Yeah. Okay, well, as I, you know, as I think about this, you know, it, 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 it gets me thinking about a lot of tangents, but to keep, to keep the train on the rails here, uh, how is this disrupting the traditional power generation market here in Canada? I know you've got, you know, got the methanol, but especially with the hydrogen fuel cell technology, you know, how is this disrupting things in terms of uh, the solutions that you offer? Um, I would say that's a really good question. Um, I would say that there hasn't been a lot of green solutions out on the market that are viable both from a capital cost um, perspective, but on the same in the operational side. Um, a lot of people have moved towards using solar as a green alternative. Um, and the concern there is what they're paying on batteries and just kind of the operational expense that comes along with a technology like that. Um, so really what we're doing is we're helping enable the industry to move towards these types of systems without sacrificing operational efficiency. Um, so I would say that we're just kind of making uh, clean dreams a, a bit of a reality here. 
um, because there's there's not a lot of alternative power choices on the market uh, that are actually clean. So we're displacing diesel wherever we we can um, and other combustion type sources. Um, just to give you an idea what that could look like, like if, if I was giving you a five kilowatt hydrogen fuel cell and you had a comparable diesel generator, that's about 45.6 tons of CO2 that you've saved by making that change over um, annually. So when you think about it from, let's just use the mining industry as an example, uh, chances are on, because their infrastructure is so far removed from grid, a lot of their telecommunications, for example, at that site is going to require some type of reliable off-grid power system. So they're going to be relying very heavily on diesel. So if that's what one diesel generator is producing for CO2 emissions at a site, and, and let's say you've got um, a telecommunication line that's got about 10 diesel generators, that volume becomes significant. Okay, Chelsea. Well, that's that's a really interesting point. And, and you got me thinking, I'm sure a lot of our listeners as well, that you know, you mentioned where it fits in in terms of a cost perspective and a benefit analysis. And it seems to me that there's you know a lot of um, well, in addition, of course, to the clean technology initiatives, but a lot of back-end savings here. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, regardless of whether it's our hydrogen fuel cell or a methanol fuel cell, they are designed to be operator friendly. Um, and we don't, I mean, we offer remote monitoring services, whether it's going to be through um, Modbus TCP or a cloud-based subscription type service. Um, but really what we want these systems to be is, is hands off. Um, we want operations to be able to remotely monitor and control the solution, but only have to go and visit site when absolutely required. Because by doing that, you're also reducing your carbon footprint um, because it, we're Good not point. sending someone in a truck to come out and baby a system like you would a gen set that's going to require maintenance on a regular basis. That's, that's a really good point. Something I didn't think about, but yeah, even just the physical, you know, A to B um, certain scenarios that we don't think of when it comes to reducing power, because every little bit uh, definitely helps. Um, and and the, the neat thing I thought of, or, or that you mentioned that, that, that I thought was, was pretty neat was the, was the cloud technology. Um, so yes. people can monitor this basically using, you know, sitting home here in, in these remote settings that we're all, you know, we're all so used to today, um, that, that's a possibility. Absolutely. I mean, specifically for our oil and gas users, like I would say that that industry um, has adopted the technology and, and it's really operations that um, we see now coming back to us saying we want a fuel cell in our field because it's, it's so low maintenance. And the fact that um, they can clear error codes remotely, um, they can get uh, fuel statuses, they can get, um, th there's actually quite a bit of different features that you can uh, monitor remotely um, that adds to the value of, of the fuel cell technology. Okay. Well, let's, let's bring it back, Chelsea, to, to looking at you know, the bigger picture in terms of the clean technologies initiatives that are out there, uh, Canada committing to a, you know, net zero emissions by 2050. What, in your opinion, in SFC's opinion, is, is Canada's potential here? Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, so when you think about it, Canada has the potential to be one of the top 10 hydrogen producers in the world. Um, this is probably where we're spending a lot more time educating ourselves on how we can make this a reality. And this is probably where you're going to start seeing a lot more uh, government funding and really where um, we need to kind of make more steps forward uh, to make hydrogen readily available. Because like I had suggested before, right now we're really relying on uh, different hydrogen producers like the Air Liquides and the Linz to, to supply hydrogen. Um, but that's that's not always going to be required. 
um, I mean, electrolysis is a way that you can use uh, water and electricity to produce hydrogen. There's also hydrogen from fossil fuels. Um, when you think about carbon capture um, and storage, um, that's an opportunity for us to leverage the fact that we're the fourth largest natural gas producer in the world uh, to produce hydrogen. Um, then we also have hydrogen from biomass. So that's going to be using agricultural uh, industry, for example. Um, and then there's also hydrogen being produced as an industrial byproduct by some industries as well. So it just, I would say, depends on what level of purity you need is going to be important when we're looking at all of those different ways of producing hydrogen. Um, but I would say that Canada definitely is an up and comer. Um, we've got a lot of opportunity for technology here. Uh, it's the infrastructure now needs to, to support the technology that we have in the market. And that's a really good point, Chelsea, that, that I want to, you know, delve a little deeper into because you mentioned, you know, first off Canada, you know, we're, we're so fortunate here, right? We have such an abundance of uh, resources, as you mentioned, you know, the hydrogen potential is, is plentiful here, but then it's backstopped by, you know, the incredible knowledge, expertise, and know-how of, of our, you know, of our various different industries, you know, mining, agriculture, oil and gas, uh, when it comes to, you know, water management, there's, there's so many smart people that already are doing incredible things. So it's really just transitioning, you know, these new initiatives into what's already been done. But I think, you know, where some of the issue lies with, with the clean technologies and with hydrogen is, is, is as you mentioned, it's, it's just, we, we've got the potential, but now it's just seeing where it's going to go. Um, and, and Canada and government, you know, jurisdictions are, are looking into this so much more. I know the Canadian hydrogen strategy, uh, when I was looking through it uh, here recently, notes that Canada is leading the way when it comes to hydrogen fuel cell technology, generating revenues of over $200 million as of 2017. So when I look at that, again, that just, you know, I overemphasizes just how much potential is here in this market. And SFC, of course, is, is you're one of those companies that are leading the way in terms of, uh, of help, you know, providing clarity in terms of that, you know, what is B and we're at A, how do we get to B? Your company is is one of those that's helping you know, bridge that gap. As we look at hydrogen fuel, fuel cell technologies, you know, your roots are, are in Germany as well here in Canada, but how, how did this uh, hydrogen fuel cell strategy come to be um, using your expertise from Germany now here to Canada? It's nice that our parent company is living in a space right now where hydrogen is widely adopted um, and it's not scary to talk about. Uh, in Europe. So I would say that they're definitely light years ahead of us. I think that the concern that we have here in Canada is, is hydrogen is still new to us. If I were to say to you that diesel's dead, uh, there's a lot of companies here in Canada that would say, well, wait, I'm, I'm not ready to say goodbye to diesel. It's readily available. I'm, I'm used to it. It's familiar. Where you look at hydrogen and, and it still seems, uh, there's, a, there's a misperception, I would say, in the industry where it's dangerous. Um, it's expensive. Um, it, it's, not, it's not a viable uh, way of, of, of creating power. Um, and so I would say that it's nice for us to kind of leverage the success that we have in Europe um, to kind of ease some of the concerns that maybe our, our early adopters here in North America have. Um, but hydrogen is not scary. I mean, um, it's odorless, it's colorless, um, it, it's light. So it, it's, it's not as dangerous as maybe there is perception right now. Um, and so that's really the nice thing is, is having Europe and Germany um, already using this. So if whether it's case studies, leveraging our installation base, or just 
knowledge sharing, showing how uh, the hydrogen infrastructure in Europe has already taken off and what that looks like for different industries. Um, I would say that it, it helps eases concerns here just because we are on two different um, curves, I would say. We're, we're still in the early adoption phase here, whereas as Europe, they're, they're more on the mature side of, of product development. And I appreciate that, that, that demystifying of, of the hydrogen topic because it is one that you know, can be loaded in terms of what people think of when you talk about hydrogen. And I think having the ability to leverage the experience um, through your European counterparts and bring it here to Canada, as we're starting to really you know, progress this hydrogen portfolio forward, I think that's, um, you know, that's, that's great context that, that SFC and your company can, can provide. Just as we, you know, as we, as we bring it back here now, looking at, um, you know, the larger picture of, 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 S, of SFC, let's talk about that install base that you mentioned in the last question. How has it grown and what types of, you know, companies are, are looking deeper into, into your solutions? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so if I were to speak to kind of the methanol fuel cell, um, again, we're just, we're starting to see people that want to look for technologies that are going to work um, regardless of incremental weather. So a lot of on the methanol fuel cell side, that's really where we're backing up solar because we do want to go back. We want to use a renewable energy source where it makes sense, um, but we also need it to be reliable. We don't want massive battery banks. Um, and that's really where the fuel cell kind of lets you streamline your footprint. And that's really where we add a lot of value on the methanol side of things. When we look over to the hydrogen supply, um, really what we're trying to do here again is um, we're trying to, we'll use that technology as a reliable backup for a grid um, UPS type installation, for example. So let's just pick a critical infrastructure like communications. Um, I mean, the United States is a great example of someone that's seen pretty extreme weather over the past year that's taken out some of their grid infrastructure. Um, you would use a diesel generator as backup to keep that equipment up and running in the event of a grid failure. And that's an opportunity for us to displace uh, that generator and use the fuel cell um, as temporary backup power in an event of an outage, or again, as a primary um, as, as the primary source of power for a remote site. So um, anything where you're looking between 2.5 kilowatts and 50 kilowatts of power, um, that's really where we're going to start seeing this in the telecommunication space primarily. Um, that's where the hydrogen fuel cell is going to be a fit. Uh, but again, we're not limited to just the telecom industry. I would say that's just as of right now where the technology is best suited to. And it's a great example and, and really a case study of of just what you're capable of doing across the board. Absolutely. Okay, so Chelsea, as you know, as we bring the interview home here, um, I, I think it's it's important because it is so uh, it it is so pivotal right now uh, where we're at in terms of the energy mix and servicing it. Um, let's conclude on the impact of clean energy. How are companies such as SFC leading the way? To delivering a more sustainable future for, for all of us, not just us in energy, but for, for everyone as we move forward? That's a really great question. Um, and I would say that it, we're at the phase right now where we're rubber to the road. Like we are actively deploying uh, commercialized solutions that are displacing technologies that produce emissions. So for the past 20 years that we've been installing fuel cell systems around the world, we've already been uh, making positive impacts on climate change. Um, and I would say now we're just at a phase where 
Uh, it's helping different industries realize the potential uh, or highlighting areas where they might have been producing emissions that they had no idea. I mean, gen sets are something that's um, very common. Um, and you might not have thought twice about the environmental footprint that that system has uh, on your overall uh, site and, and the impact that that site may have um, with regards to, to the overall emission producing equipment. Um, so yeah, I mean, we're, we're a commercialized solution uh, and my hydrogen fuel cell produces zero emissions. Um, so we are already, um, like I said before, actively um, displacing emission producing equipment left, right and center. Well, I appreciate your, your background and your context on this, Chelsea. I really, really do. You know, I think from, as I, as I think back to this interview and, and the information that you've provided, it's really helped uh, myself for sure. And hopefully our listeners as well provide that, you know, that clarity and that context when it comes to uh, solutions offered, uh, you know, how companies can tangibly physically reduce emissions and the steps that they can take and the technologies such as yourself that are out there that can help them achieve that. So thank you so much for, for coming back on Crownsman Energy and, and really, um, you know, expanding upon SFC, you know, your capabilities, but also, you know, giving us a really good education on, um, you know, what we can look forward to with respect to clean energy. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. And maybe the next year when we do the next one, it'll be talking about uh, our installation base in Canada and how rapidly it, it evolved. I certainly hope so. Yeah, I look forward to that. Um, I look forward to having you back, Chelsea. So uh, again, we really appreciate uh, you coming back here on Crowns and Energy. Thank you. All right. Well, that does it for today's show. But of course, before we go, um, you know, there's a lot of ways to get involved with Crowns and Energy. You can follow us on all our social media platforms. You can visit our website. You can also email us to suggest guests or suggest different topics. Really just get involved with Crowns and Energy. So from all of us, uh, on today's show and from all of us at Crownsman Energy, thank you so much for watching and we'll see you next time on the next episode of Crownsman Energy.